episode is brought to you today by Menton and Sproul. Everything fresh. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to this episode of Moments with Charles Lamont. Um, this is going to be a special, special episode. Um, I don't really know how much I'm going to say. I don't have anything scripted. I don't have um, anything planned to say other than I just want to use this opportunity to honor my mom, honor her legacy. June 4th makes 10 years. June 4th, 2021 makes 10 years since my mom passed. And it's still hard. Yeah. Um, I really don't know how to process this feeling outside of just cherishing the moments that I've been able to share with her, um, cherish the lessons, live out of her legacy of love and loving on anyone that have gotten the opportunity to be in her presence. Yeah, so um, it's been 10 years. Um, when my mom first passed away, I was living here in in Atlanta. Um, prior to her passing in um, May of 2011 was Mother's Day. I played. I was playing at a church. I didn't go home for Mother's. I made. I made some stuff for her. I made. It was like this little train. And um, she was a Zeta. Anybody that know her or that knew her knew how much she loves um, being a Zeta <laughs> in her blue and white. And um, I painted this train blue and white and put Zeta Phi Beta on there. And, you know, painted the letters or glued some letters on, like really arts and crafty. We, you know, me and my sister both, we get that from my mom. Very crafty. Um, and uh, made it for her with the intention. I made it for her with the intention of going to Charleston or going to Orangeburg at the time and um, being with her on Mother's Day. I um, called her on Mother's Day that morning and I think I can't remember I'm pretty sure I, it was the reason I didn't go down there was because I um, didn't have I didn't have enough money to go down and come back I think it was like gas money or something um, I don't even remember. I just remember feeling like I'll, I'll just go see her um, later on next week um, because prior to that, she had been in the hospital and she was sick, but 
she had got out of the hospital and she was doing well. Um, at the time, I didn't know um, that when people are really, really sick, there's a, a period of time that they're very well. Like they just, it just seemed like everything is okay. And those are the moments when you're supposed to say bye um, and spend that time with them while they're in that state of um, rehabilitation or or just feeling really good the whole thing um, I didn't know that during that time shortly after well I'm gonna go back so Mother's Day whatever reason I didn't I didn't go down so Mother's Day I called um, spoke to her and said hey Ma you know this and the third I'm not coming, you know, blah, blah, blah. She was like, it's okay, son, you know. It's all right, you know, I love you. And, you know, we talked there for a little minute. She said, well, Londa's here and Londa's coming by and she's going to, you know. Um, and at the time, she was in a rehabilitation center um, and she was about to get out. So we thought. She was doing very well. I, I went to see her like maybe the week prior to Mother's Day weekend or maybe two weeks prior to that. And I remember um, praying over her. My brother-in-law told me to pray over her. And my sister told me the whole time <laughs> I was praying. And I know, I know I'm kind of jumping around. Sorry, guys. But I'm sorry who's, to who's ever listening. Um, but in her in the rehabilitation center, I, I prayed over her when we were about to leave. And, you know, that whole thing. And my sister said that she was looking at me the whole time in like awe um, and when I got finished praying I saw her looking at me like with this like amazed look on her face but amazing you know how people squinch and they look like like hmm like wow hmm it was like kind of that that look and she said son I didn't know you can pray like that <laughs> And it was humorous at the time, but you know, when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's wild that my mom didn't know I, I knew how to pray. But <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I had that opportunity to spend with her and, and to pray over her. So fast, um, coming back to Mother's Day, I spoke to her. She was, she was like, well, you were just here, you know, it's okay, son, you know, this, that, and the third. This whole time, I'm not in. <laughs> Of course, we don't know because no man knows the time or day. But this whole time, we're talking. <laughs> Who knew that that would be our last conversation, you know? I still kind of beat myself up about not going down there to um, for Mother's Day. And it's 10 years later. So, um, shortly thereafter, a couple of weeks later, she gets rushed to the hospital. Or about a week later, I guess. And um, my sister was like, you know, they have the tubes down her throat. She can't speak, you know, this, that, and third, blah, blah, blah. She's on life support, you know. The whole thing 
or what? She wasn't on life support yet. But they had the tubes down her throat, you know, that whole thing, you know. Actually, she was on life support because she, even though she was conscious, she, um, the machine was breathing for her, so to speak. Um, yeah, she couldn't breathe um, on her own, basically. I don't really know how all of that stuff works, but I just know she, she was on the machine and she couldn't breathe on her own. Um, yeah, so she couldn't breathe on her own. And um, the day I went to go see her um, in the hospital, we knew she was um, she was um, basically on her way out of here. She asked she asked us not to leave her on the machine if she um, if she was on the machine and the machine was keeping her alive to not try to block the hand of God and rely on the machine just for our sake. Um, she didn't say those words, but that's what she was telling us. Um, So the day I went to go see her, me and my then fiance, Rochelle, now wife, um, we went there. We stood by the bedside. The nurse said she, you know, she wasn't really responsive to anyone that day. She was kind of like in and out, um, but not really opening her eyes and not really, you know, speaking or trying to speak or trying to communicate. None of that. None of that. Um, that day for the or for the past couple of days, I think, or, or two days or so. But when we got there, and when she heard my voice, it was as if she was just waiting on me to get there. And um, she opened her eyes, and um, she opened her eyes, and she looked at me. And I remember I was holding her hand, and she like mustered up. A little bit of strength I can feel her trying to Grip my hand I just remember telling her that We're gonna take care of Robert We're gonna You know it's okay You know We love you I love you You know Just talking to her Um, And she was communicating She was like nodding her head I remember seeing some tears come down her eyes. Um, I mean, she literally mustered up the strength to just say goodbye. This is 10 years later and it's still not that easy to deal with. Um, strange because um, we had this um, moment when we took her off the machine the doctors asked us to come in the room we took her off the machine or asked us you know what we wanted to do and we decided to take her off the machine and I remember her like gasping for air it was a a, a, a bunch of us there to see her and stuff and we were all in the room and my brother-in-law can hear her spirit saying, you know, that she's not going to let everyone see her leave like this. She didn't, you know, 
she was holding on until it was time for her to go. Um, so we needed to exit the room. We all exited, exited the room. And before we could get halfway down the hall, she was pronounced dead. Um, I wasn't in there to see her last breath. I don't even know what that would have been like for me. Um, but yeah, so I remember coming back to um, Atlanta after my mom passed and um can't remember if it was after the funeral and everything. I can't remember when it was exactly, but I remember coming back to the church that I played at and um, one of the deacons um, there, he said, um, it was a Baptist church. He said, um, he said, hey, hey, young man, um, I lost my mom about four years ago. I think it was, he said at the time. And he told me, he said, I'm not going to lie to you. He said, it doesn't get any easier. That was one of the realest things that anyone ever told me about. Or I ever heard um, from anyone concerning the death of a, of, of a parent. And of course, there was no reason for me to really have those kind of conversations with anyone that lost the parent. Because before then, I, c- I couldn't relate to um, losing a parent. Um, but that changed. And he told me, he said, it doesn't get any better. He said, but just focus on the lessons. You know, that's what I chose to do is to live out our legacy. So if by chance that I can live close to the way she lived, love anywhere close to the way that she loved I think I'll be continuing her legacy yeah um, it's been 10 years like I said and every year since has been hard you know May Mother's Day June 4th her death her passing her transition however you want to relate to it and then July 1st her birthday so May, June, July every year has been um, tough for me because I kind of I don't completely check out the first year she passed away I completely checked out because I was getting married (laughs) that following January of um, 2012 of course you know when you're getting married there's a lot of things that come along with you know weddings and guest list and this that and the third and at one point I even said yo my mom is not gonna be there I don't care who come like it was that I checked out I was that cold um, I mean it was tough for my wife I tried my best to apologize <laughs> over and over and over but we're coming up on 10 years of marriage January 121 Will it be 10 years of marriage for us? My mother couldn't have approved of anyone better. <laughs> um, they say you marry your parents. I've always heard that. I didn't know how I, well, I didn't really have an, um, an idea 
of how to feel about that because I never really thought about it that much because there was a long period of time in my life that I, I never thought I would even get married or be married or be marriage material or just I don't I never really thought about it so I never thought that far into it but I do remember hearing that you marry your parents and one of my OGs one of my mentors Mark Moore he told me a long time ago like 20 years ago he said my the, the woman that you marry is not going to be anything like the woman you dated <laughs> and I was like oh word you know okay cool and I believe him you know because I I trusted what he said, you know, as my my OG. Uh, and, you know, so he was right. All of the women I dated were a certain type of woman, um, and not just physically, but um, but just um, as far as attitude and this, that, and third, you know, was, I always attracted the same type of woman. But what he was saying to me at the time was the woman you married won't be the same woman you dated, type woman that you dated. Because you attract what you are at the time. So you keep dating the same type of person because you're in the same type of mental state. But when you're ready to settle down, you subconsciously look for someone that's closest to the number one woman in your life so that that woman can replace the number one woman in your life and become the number one woman in your life and that's real um and then you you so you you position yourself to attract that person so once you re knew your mind as a man think it so is he once you renew your mind because everything you think you attract whether you want to believe that or not um, again once you renew your mind you attract exactly who's for you and my wife is my mom And what I mean by that is her characteristics. I mean, down to what she does with her, the noise she makes when she's scratching her throat because of her allergies to being like feeling a certain way about police officers to, I mean, I I can go, the list goes on and on and on and on. And whoever came to that conclusion that you marry your parents, um, I don't know if this is the same for everybody, but I definitely married my 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 mom. <laughs> my mom's twin, um, and I have no regrets about it. She's just as compassionate, just as loving, just as patient, just as kind, just as giving, just as pleasing, just as much of an encourager. As my mom was And I wasn't even looking for that (laughs) I was just looking for a wife I wasn't looking for someone to be like my mom I wasn't looking for that I wasn't But God graced me 
because he knew that in this time, in these times of dealing with the departure of mom, again, it's been 10 years, but it does not feel like it. It would have to be somebody strong enough and compassionate enough and caring enough to be able to handle me um, during this season every year. But this year, something different happened, man. And this year, I um, decided to talk about it. <laughs> this year, I have a podcast. This year, I'm sharing with anyone who, who hears this. The feelings that I've never really talked about, talked about or spoken about to anyone, really, outside of my sister and my wife. But I decided to share this with you. Maybe this will help lighten the load some. Maybe this will help bring some type of closure to the chapter of... Um, Sorrow and grief, I guess, and moving into this next decade with a more celebratory and a more reflective state of honoring her legacy even more by my actions and by my being, by me focusing in and applying the lessons that I've learned from my mom through the years. So, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to um, hear my heart concerning Mom Dukes. And, um, until next time, be safe. Be free, but most of all, live in love. Love you, Mom Dukes. Miss you. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Love you.